Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. The Solomon Island Giants and the story of their chief, Luddy McCode. Luddy was born in the 1860s, and it's said he still rules the Giants to this day, as Giants live much longer than mankind. The following is his story and what led to the war among the Giants of the Solomon Islands. The chief was born to a family that lived in the dense rainforest and mountain ranges of central Guadalcanal, near Mount Papamanasu. The McCoe clan had lived in their cave-style abode for centuries, among other clans that also inhabited the mountainous interior of the island. He grew up as any normal giant boy would, gathering taro roots, tapioca plants, and hunting wild pigs, even the occasional coastal person. But as a youngin', something would happen to him that would change he and his people's way of life forever. Oddly enough, what set this whole chain of events in motion was a small tobacco pipe. At the time, they didn't understand the significance of it and how this would actually change the relationship between the giants and the coastal people. Growing up, Luddy's grandmother had very much enjoyed smoking tobacco, and she did so using a white man's tobacco pipe. It had the engraving of a sailing ship on the side of it. The story goes that this tobacco pipe was given to his grandmother by a close friend who had taken it off a coastal person that they had attacked. Well, one evening, while the McCode family were all relaxing together in their cave-style abode, his grandmother, who was a large woman, got up, dropped the pipe, and proceeded to accidentally step on it, breaking it into pieces. At first, his grandmother took it very well, but over time, she was grief-stricken over the loss of her tobacco pipe, as she had been smoking it every day for years, so she grew really attached to it. And as the weeks went by, it only got worse. None of them could do anything to cheer her up. So finally, they came up with an idea. They needed to get her another pipe. The question was, how were they going to get it? Everybody in the family knew that it originally belonged to a white man that had sailed to the islands on one of the tall ships. Then they recalled that from time to time, they observed the white men coming from these ships onto the island and capturing the coastal people, taking them away. So it was decided the next time they saw one of these ships, one of them would go down to the coast and see if they could obtain a pipe from one of these odd looking white men. But who was going to do it? As they were all so big, they would be made instantly and that would put them in danger. That's when they all glanced at Luddy. He was the youngest of them all at 10 years old and six feet tall. These factors made him less likely to arouse suspicion. To make him look less conspicuous, they shaved all the hair off Luddy's entire body, and they made him some grass apparel to put around his waist, making him look more like an islander. Apparently, they had even performed some custom religious rituals to give him luck in his journey. Afterwards, they picked a vantage point and began watching for the ships to sail in. Well, it would end up taking weeks for a ship to appear, but eventually one did. It ended up docking in the capital of the Solomon Islands, Haniara. With everything organized in his grandma in mind, Luddy bid farewell to his family and made his way down the mountains towards the large ship. There were hundreds of coastal people gathered around the white men, 
and he knew if he wanted a pipe, he'd have to get to them. So he made his way through the crowd, and he noticed, after a number of them had offered him glasses and other items, that some of the coastal people were boarding the ship. So he thought, well, maybe there's one on there. But little did he know, those coastal people were boarding the ship as part of the slave trade for the sugarcane fields in Queensland. See, unlike the United States that literally just abolished slavery, the Australian Confederation was now just starting it. And though the coastal people were treated harshly, that was nothing compared to the Aborigines of Australia. They were considered less than animals. A short distance separated Luddy from the white men that he was approaching. He figured that when he got to them, they might let him get on the ship to look for a pipe. But unbeknownst to him, they had already spotted him. And they seductively lured him on board the entire time thinking what a price they could get for such a strong specimen, even though he was a grotesque-looking Kanaka. Still concerned about his grandmother's pipe, he naively went into the hall of the ship where the other islanders were, and they quickly locked the door behind him. He had no escape. It was at this moment that Luddy knew his mission had just taken a turn for the absolute worst. He quickly became very anxious and scared, but it was too late. They had set sail. During the trip, it didn't take long for the islanders to realize that they were actually in a cell with a small giant. Then some weeks later, after a couple stops, his ship had arrived in Bundaberg, Queensland. They unloaded their precious cargo of slaves in chains and led them up one by one to the auction podium. Big time farmers from all around the city of Bundaberg gathered and bought each one one by one. Then Luddy was brought to the podium, and the crowd gasped at his ugly, grotesque look. The bidding began, and no one said a word. It was about to be a no-sale when an old farmer in back raised his hand. Luddy was sold for cheap. After the worn-out old farmer purchased Luddy, he filled out the necessary paperwork, loaded him onto the wagon, and they made their way. Apparently, the old man and his wife were either in their 60s or 70s, and they never had any children, so they had virtually no help on the farm and they were just getting simply too old to do the work. So they gathered all their savings, and the old farmer went to the auction in hopes that he could buy a servant that would help them save their establishment. After a few hours of travel, they arrived at the farm. They were greeted by the farmer's wife, who was expecting a regular Kanaka South Sea indentured servant. Instead, what she got was a large, ugly, hairy, Neanderthal-looking thing that had a gapped-out smile that spanned from ear to ear. And it also had massive red bulging eyes. The farmer pulled him off the wagon and still in chains led him to the barn where he made him a bed and gave him some food. Luddy went to bed sad that night about his predicament. Then the old farmer went back inside and got an earful from his wife about the purchase. He explained to her that he had no other option and they went to bed slightly angry that night. Next morning he unlocks Luddy's chains and puts them to work. It quickly becomes apparent to he and his wife that he was no ordinary Kanaka as he had the strength of three or four men. As the months rolled by, they realized his strength was unparalleled. He could lift the wagon himself while the tire was being changed. He could pick up massive logs and boulders that were virtually impossible for any ordinary man to lift. In one instance, as the old man was plowing the fields, his horse went lame. Luddy, seeing this, put the harness around his neck and finished plowing the fields himself. The old farmer and his wife were very pleased with his work. There was only one problem. He ate like a horse and smelled to high heaven. No matter how many times they scrubbed him down, 
he still emitted a terrible odor. That year, they'd sell their crops for a profit, so Letty virtually saved their farm. And as a reward, the old man and his wife took him to the next door neighbors to converse with the other indentured servants. At least that's what they thought. As they arrived on their neighbor's farm, the Islander slaves noticed Letty and instantly knew what he was. So they ran to the sugarcane fields in fear. The neighborly farmer chuckled and sent other servants into the sugarcane after them. And when they brought them back, he asked them why they ran. They tried to explain that he was a giant who ate people, but the farmer just didn't understand. So needless to say, Letty sat by himself that afternoon, and the servants wouldn't even talk to him. This continued every Sunday for the next couple months, but eventually one of the Kanaka would approach Letty. From then on, he began talking to the coastal people regularly. So this went on every Sunday for a couple of years, and over that time, Luddy got to know his new Guadalcanal friends, and slowly his attitude started to change towards the coastal people. The reason that Luddy could speak to them is because the Guadalcanal people actually speak close to the same dialect, or at least a rough dialect, of what the giants speak. So he was easily able to communicate with these Guadalcanal people, and eventually they became very close friends. This had a big impact on Luddy. It got so that even the farmer eventually trusted him to go visit his friends by himself. So sometimes after work, he would go visit them during the work week. That's when he would become acquainted with one of the servants that could speak slight English. He would tell this man that he wanted tobacco pipes and asked him where he could find them. The gentleman told him that even with his meager earnings, he could buy a number of tobacco pipes. Luddy told him to relay this message to the old man because he couldn't understand him. And so he did. After that, Letty got paid in only tobacco pipes. During those few years, when he would visit the Guadalcanal people at the other farm, he slowly began to learn of their culture and of their people. He began to understand that these people were not to be treated like pigs, that they had hearts and minds and feelings, much like the giants. His deeper knowledge of the coastal people would change him forever. And eventually, it would cause a lot of turmoil among the giants. Luddy's homeland friends had also told him that the only way back home was the way he came and that it was impossible because now he was owned by the farmer. Luddy was devastated and he had suddenly lost all hope. So his heart, it literally became homesick. It didn't take long for this to reflect his work and the farmer and his wife quickly took notice. They flat out couldn't figure out what was wrong with him so one day on a Sunday, they went to their neighbor's house and began talking to the English-speaking indentured servant. He and the rest of Luddy's friends told the old farmer that he was homesick and he missed his family back at the Solomon Islands. The problem was the old man virtually couldn't afford to send him back on the ship. But it just so happened that that week, a sideshow boxing tournament was to take place at Bundaberg. A carnival boxing team full of amateur boxers from around the world was touring the countryside at this time. They would allow locals to hop in the ring and people would place bets to see who would win. This was a big deal in Queensland every year. The old man thought seven foot tall, his superior strength, he'll do just fine against these blokes. All right, y'all, so that's part one. I'm gonna post part two pretty much immediately after. It's gonna be within the hour of posting part one. I just thought it'd be easier to break up into a couple segments. After part two, I'm going to share the source of these awesome, amazing stories so you guys can possibly check it out for yourself. 
and maybe get a little more um, in-depth detail of the accounts. As I said, I'm just telling the story, kind of going through a, it's pretty detailed, but I'm not going through the exact details, of course, of each uh, account. So I hope you're enjoying this uh, amazingly cool series. Uh, continue watching. Make sure you stay tuned. Part two, coming right up. And don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe for more of this awesome content. I am out.